Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And joining me today, I had a great young guest, and his name is Andre Weller. I say young, but he's about the same age as me, so that was a little bit weird and funny. In any case, he's got a very interesting story that I think a lot of you will resonate with, or certainly at least appreciate hearing. See. He came from a bit of a challenging background, grew up in a fairly low socioeconomic area, but has managed to you know, build a two-property portfolio, one of which is actually overseas. So he's actually become an international investor. Now, he's battling an industry which is in decline, and he's had to cha- overcome all of these challenges to get to where he is today. Now, I think that this is a really interesting story for a lot of people to listen to because it can show you how... Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a big gap in your property journey, but it just matters that you stay focused on the end goal. Now, he's on track to, you know, achieve a level of financial independence, which means that he doesn't need to work in a pretty short period of time. And I think he's got a a lot of really interesting insights, um, particularly around where he grew up, the mistakes he made with the first investment, and how you can kind of uh, overcome those challenges as well. So I think this is going to be a super interesting uh, podcast. Make sure you check it out. Now, of course, this is part of our Investor Stories series. And if you are interested in sharing your story on this podcast, I would love from, love to hear from you. So just send me an email at hello at dashdot.com.au. Let me know you'd like to be on the show. We've got a, sh- a small application form and we can share your story too. The goal with these stories is to help share the stories of real investors so that, so that we can all grow and learn from each other's experiences and become better investors along the way. And if you've got a story that you'd like to share and it could be the challenges you've faced and also it doesn't just have to be the successes either, then I'm sure other people would love to hear it too. So let me know. And in the meantime, let's get stuck into it. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today is Andre Weller. He's a 32-year-old butcher from Darwin. He's not actually from Darwin, but he's currently in Darwin. Right now, as we record it, um, I'm a bit of an early bird, as many of you guys may know. Uh, It's currently 6 a.m. where I am, but it's 4.30 a.m. where... Andre is so he's definitely uh, he's definitely going to be the first cab off the rank um, for today. But Andre, welcome to the show. Yeah, mate, thanks for having me on. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. So at, at this whole this whole series or this addition to the podcast is really designed about sharing investor stories, investors like you who have kind of tried different things and learned a bunch of lessons and done a bunch of stuff along the way. And so I'm really excited to dig into your personal story and find out a little bit more about you and you know what your portfolio looks like. And we'll kind of pick it apart and kind of see what lessons you've learned that other people can learn to help them take action. How does that sound? Sure sounds awesome. Awesome. So, mate, why don't you give us a little bit of an insight into um, a bit of your backstory? Is probably a good place to start because I know that you didn't you didn't start living in Darwin. You're actually from Adelaide. Is that right? Yeah, from Adelaide. Um, so grew up in the south of Adelaide, Morphville. Um, I'm the eldest of five kids. Yes, yeah, so I went to school down there. Went to school down um, Morphville and Seaview. I was a bit of a troubled kid, I guess. Um, going through going through high school and that sort of stuff didn't really do that well. Yeah. Um, not because. I didn't try just because I didn't really put the effort in, kind of thing. I wasn't because I wasn't smart. Can so I, can yeah. I, can I can I ask why why didn't you why I I was sort of similar in, in a way. So why what caught your attention if you if you were if you had the intellect, um, but not the not the application. What caught your what caught your interest instead? Because typically people who are typically people who don't do well in school do well in other areas. So what was it for you? 
I was pretty social. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you excelled you know? in the social area. Great. Yeah. So, so like, my thing was actually, you know, like uh, uh, English and all that sort of stuff. I was really good at English. I actually thought I'd probably be a journalist or something like that. Yeah. Butchery was way off, way off the Richter. I didn't think I'd even become a butcher. Um, so I left I left home at 17, got kicked out. Um, it's because I was, you know, a bad kid, I guess you might say. That's what they reckon. But A little too social, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, eh? you know. Yep. So, yeah, I left at 17. And I'm like, well, what do I do? I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go to uni and all that sort of stuff and work a part-time job and and uh, fund myself through that. I'm like, bugger that. May as well just go get an apprenticeship. So yep. um, I looked at anything that I liked and food was pretty much came up first. You know, it was going to be a chef, baker or butcher. And I'm going to look at butchery and I'm like, that seems probably the easiest because you're kind of like on the first front. You give the meat to somebody, they cook it, all good. If you're cooking for someone, you know you're you're right there when they eat it. So if it's no good, they're going to come back at you. you know? <laughs> it's a little a little bit of risk mitigation then. Yeah, you know, and like butchers I always met when I was a kid. You know, you go to the butcher shop and um, uh, they be all nice, you know, sort of stuff. They seem like like good blokes. Like I have a bit of a laugh. So I'm like, well, just give that a go, you know. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So then so, last I started uh, at Woolworths. Um, as I was 17 in an apprenticeship, and I saw that they had an option to go up to places like Darwin, any, anywhere remote, mm-hmm. they'd pay you extra money. So that was my goal coming from uh, 17 and walked in there. I'm like, okay, that's where I want to go because I'm going to get paid more money because my whole idea was I knew it didn't – They when I walked into the space, the manager said that I won't have a job in 10 years, so I was all about make trying to make that money and put it into something. And then why did, they, why did they say why did they say you wouldn't have a job in ten years? Well, well, well like the supermarkets always go on prepack and stuff like that. There's always talk about the butchers getting taken out. So you know they they said like within the, within the company you won't have a job kind of thing. So that okay. was that propelled me to just try and make money, try and make money, okay. and um, put it so, into assets. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I want to ask a little bit about that. So you grew up in Morfitt Vale, which. Um, you know, interestingly, is actually performing pretty well as a property market now. Um, and but typically, has actually been a bit of a lower socio um, yep. kind of area. You grew up had a bit of a troubled childhood. You uh, got kicked out of home, left school, all of that kind of stuff, and found your way into butchery. What actually inspired you to start investing? Because investing in real estate is actually not something that most people do. And yeah. o- honestly, like a lot of people, kind of view it as something that. You know, only people who have come from good backgrounds or have good jobs or have plenty of money get into. So what actually inspired you to do that? Who who were you surrounding yourself with to inspire that kind of action? I'm very well. Curious. I was I was quite lucky with my um my grand my grandparents. So my nana, she was extremely frugal. She's a single mum for a long time, and yep. she owned her own house. And she just talked about the benefits of getting into real estate. Like she wasn't really in real estate. She just I knew she that she bought a house and she'd paid it off. She worked hard. I was really lucky. I was brought up around hard, hard, really hardworking people. So um, she was really big on it, just talking about – and for them, it was more about own, like owning a house, paying it off, having that security, mm. you know what I mean? And my opa as well, so my opa and oma, that's my, my dad's side. They're from the Netherlands. Um, my oma would always say that she wishes that my opa – bought a house because they always just rented, but he had a business and that's how he made his cash flow. Mm. She said, because if we bought a house back, you know, when they came to Australia – they would have they would have obviously gone up in value and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. But my pop was too scared because the idea in, in Europe, a lot of places people just rent. They don't they don't want to get into property. It's kind of like somebody else's thing. So mm-hmm. and I, I I was always interested in money and saving and all that sort of stuff um as I was growing up. 
why, why do why why do you think you get, do you think you just got what actually sparked that interest? A lot of people don't get interested in money. I mean, I, I can I, I can speak personally. I wasn't that interested in hanging on to money for a very long period of time. Like I was, I was a little social too. So um, I'm curious what actually triggered that at such an early age. I think it's security. You know what I mean? Because I didn't feel secure a lot of time. We had a lot of things going on when I was growing up. A lot of in, insecurity, and I knew that money just made you secure. I didn't know what, you know, like what the actual goal was. You know, I wanted, mm. I wanted to buy a house and all that sort of stuff. Maybe rent out my, my rent out houses and stuff like that. It's kind of like I think my idea was to get passive income. I didn't actually understand the the idea of passive income at that time, but that's what was the thinking, you know. Yeah, okay. Maybe, and maybe a bit of ego too, I guess, you know. Yeah, okay, cool. So I want to be a bit of a boss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so at, how old were you when you bought your first investment property? Uh, 21. Always that was a home, but I – so my idea was to buy that home and then get placed in a job, uh, say, in Darwin or Broome. Broome is actually where I went to. And I would get paid rent and all that sort of stuff up there, and then mm. I would rent that out, and then I was paid, going to pay that off. That was yep. the strategy. That was the idea at 21. But I wasn't actually, I didn't actually buy it. Like I looked at the house, I paid way over market for it because I was coming coming from where you're renting houses as a young kid. The end, the way I would get a house is like, okay, the house is rented at 250. I'm going to give you 280. You know, bang, and that's just how I thought it worked. Okay, right? so, that, so that was thought, the that was the basis of your offer. That was the basis of how you put in an offer. Is that right? Yeah, like as like a, as like a renter. So yeah. if, if there was two hundred fifty a week, I'd say I'll give you two hundred eighty dollars a week. Just so because I was young, I was only like eighteen or something, nineteen. Right. I was looking for houses. You have like twenty twenty people go and look at a house. They're all you know people with good incomes and all that kind of stuff. And I was an apprentice butcher. You know. Yeah. So then I thought that kind of carried over to property. I didn't really think about how much maintenance is going to be needed on this property, you know what? So I looked at it from a homeowner's point of view, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, well, it's on two, it's on, it's on the, the mark for 280, I'll offer 287, so I get the house. Even yeah. though I didn't know if there's anybody else bidding or whatever, just, just bid straight out there like, boom, yeah. And okay. I way overpaid for that house. <laughs> okay, how, how, how do you know that you overpaid for it? Well, it still hasn't gone up, you know. It's like really? the, it actually went down. Like it went down to two hundred and sixty thousand. Over the last five years, we had a bit of an issue there. It's in a bit of a lower socio point of Morphville. So Morphville's kind of low socio. I don't know about now, but and it's actually in a lower point in that in that space, if you know what I mean. So yep. it hasn't moved at all. Interesting. Rents out well, but has not moved. So okay. yeah, I think it's like valued at maybe two ninety now, and that's with everything going up, right? Okay. With all the COVID stuff, you know. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you bought, so you bought, the, you bought the first home at at twenty one. You bought it as a home, knowing you were going to eventually move out of it and rent it out. Yeah, and so then, kind of like an investment, but not really. I didn't really do the sums. I didn't do the, you know what I mean. Like if I yeah. if I could do it again, I'd change the strategy. You know what I mean? yeah. Okay, cool. So let's let's dig into this a little bit. So you bought the first property at twenty one. What ha- what's ha- what's happened since then? How many what other properties have you added to your portfolio? What's so happened since, there? since then, like not a lot really happens. I was kind of like, um, so what I did, I moved away, and my idea was to put all my money into paying that off. Yeah. Right. And I I moved my family in there, which was great to give my family um uh, a place to stay. But obviously that comes with com with with complications, and um that put some strain on my family relationship for a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um. Yeah. Yeah, I run rented it under market and all that sort of stuff, but we sorted that out, which is good. And then I was able to rent it out to 
not a, not a lot of people paying good rent and all that sort of stuff. You know, we had had a few issues with them not paying rent, but it sorted itself out. Um, so I was up in Broome working my ass off, you know, really, really hard. And then a butcher I was working with, he goes, what do you do on the weekends? I'm like, nothing, you know, because I'm just plowing all my money into the into the mortgage. He goes, why would you do that? And I'm like, as you're 21, you should be out having fun. You know, pull, 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 pull back, save the money and try and put it into some other kind of investments, you know, yeah. which, was, which was a good, which was actually a good strategy because you, you can obviously, it's going to help you with tax advantages and all that sort of stuff rather than paying it straight down. Yeah. And I was able to experience life and I went traveling and all that sort of stuff. So pretty much traveling, just saving money. And I put money back into the house in things that probably I shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I overcapitalized and stuff like, you know, I could have probably, I probably, probably could have made a whole new house with all the, the coin that I whacked in there, you know, and it hasn't really done much to the property, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, cool. Uh, and what, what, when, and, and do you have, and do you have any more properties in your property portfolio? Well, um, I just closed on a couple of duplexes in the US. So that's what I've been saving for. So I met my wife in, in Broome in 2013. Yep. And then we got made redundant in Broome. So, it's just kind of like now it's starting to happen, you know, these redundancies and losing your job and all that sort of stuff are starting to, starting to kind of happen. Okay. We got made redundant and then there was no job for me kind of thing. So I took a year off and went to live in Korea Yeah. For about seven months because my opa got sick and okay. uh, so I was going to be there for a year, but he got sick. So I came home early and just did some more work on the house yep. and that sort of stuff. Got a rent ready again and then rented it back out. So then I spent heaps of money on that year off, you know what I mean? I got, I got paid because I pretty much saved on my annual leave and I got paid pretty much per week on a per weekly basis. But, um, yeah, so I spent heaps, spent heaps of money on that year off. We went travelled around Southeast Asia and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I've come back, spent a heap of money on getting it rent ready, so just a bit of cos, cos, cosmetics yeah. and stuff. And then I moved up to Darwin, got a, another job with, with Woolies as a manager up here. And then my idea was... I was quite scared of property actually at that point. So I was just saving why, money. And why, just were you, why, why were you scared of property? Just because like, I just kind of like, kinda, I kind of thought that I stuffed it up. You know, yeah. I mean, just like whacked heaps of money into it. Now look, I look at the, uh, the value of the property and it didn't go anywhere. It was renting fine, you know, but it was like, I, I re, I re, I refinanced out of it as well. So that's kind of like, so now I'm still quite highly leveraged, but well, my idea was just to save money on it on the outside of that. I was putting yeah. into into mutual funds and all that sort of stuff. I just wanted to get a bit of a war chest and then actually go into property. Instead, of, I could have just paid off the property. The last, like my yeah. actual property, I could have paid it off, but I just thought that wasn't really worth it. Okay, so what, what made you start investing in the US? Why did you, you choose that as it? So my mum actually lives in Michigan. So she moved to Michigan in 2002 and um, I went there in 2012. And obviously I saw the devastation you know how bad it was in in detroit and all that sort of stuff and um, i actually thought that was a bit of an opportunity you know I what, thought, why, oh, what made you see that as an opportunity when other people would probably have seen it as a bit of a uh well a bit of a, a non-opportunity i would suggest yeah like i i don't know i just like maybe i just believe that cities just don't crumble you know what I mean? Like they'll come back in some way. I didn't know where the opportunity was exactly, but I'm like, the US has an opportunity. I'm like, house prices are just ridiculously low. Mm. But obviously I was kind of like too young at that point. Didn't really have enough coin, but my idea was to uh, just restart researching on how to do a read, 
read books and all that sort of stuff, you know, trying to rack my head around it, you know. Um, okay. But, yeah. Okay. And so that's settling. So you've got a duplex in, in, in Detroit, which is settling. So I'm very interested, right, because it seems like – so you bought, a, you bought a property at 21 – Right, and you started your apprenticeship at seventeen. You bought a property at twenty-one. You you didn't. You're thirty-two now, going on thirty-three now. So so you bought that duplex. Assumingly, you, you bought presumably last year. Last, yeah. yeah, yeah. You bought that duplex last year. So there's a big gap there. Mm-hmm. So so what what lessons have you learned? That's a that's a big gap where you've seen. You were sort of like, okay, you pulled back from property. You're a little bit scared about it. Um, now you've decided to go back into it. So, what's the what's the strategy? Have you thought about your strategy, or what's the what's the goal? Why what what's changed now, and what are you what are you trying to do with it? So, um, yes, yeah, so I was I want I, I wanted to go in with more money, if you know yeah. what I mean, and have probably a bit less left, like less leverage, and not have to have worry if something goes wrong. You know what I mean? That was kind of my idea. And just for cash flow over in the US, I pretty much thought that's a cash flow point and I'll just uh, invest over there for cash flow without using loans and stuff like that if I don't need to. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I want to grow that to about $10,000 US and then I actually want to start investing here as well um, in properties. But with obviously I'll have cash flow there and obviously I can use cash flow maybe in appreciation here. Yeah. It's kind of my okay. idea. So, so okay, so now that, that duplex is now settled and is that producing an income now? It's still in, in renovation because we got hit with COVID and all that sort of stuff, so we've had a few issues. But yeah. um, that's, that's been quite uh, a challenge actually, but it's been pretty good, you know, just to learn, to go through this, this situation. And if I can come out the other side, then I'll, I'll be pretty happy. You know what I mean? Mm, for sure. <laughs> okay, so now, so, okay, so now, now you've got the duplex in, you've got the duplex in, in, in Detroit or in Michigan, and you've got the the single family home. We'll call it in. Um, I'm, I'm using that terminology because now, in now you're investing <laughs> in the US. We've got to define those types uh, of things. You, yeah. got a, you got a single family home in Morphe yeah. Vale. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the plan now? Like you say, you're going to start using some of that cash flow to invest back here. Where where are you, where are you trying to go with this portfolio? What's the goal? So the goal is obviously just, uh, I want uh, stability. So yeah. I want you know about because my expenses. On a, a low end, or about five thousand dollars a month, six thousand dollars a month. That's living pretty frugal. Yeah, I want to obviously uh, take over that, you know, and produce about twelve thousand. You know, that's that's the idea. Um, I'm still trying to learning about Australia. You know what I mean, I'm still learning. All I'm trying to do is just learn about exactly what happens. Yeah, in investing in Australia, I feel I feel I'm a little bit scared of you know. Uh, about how much money you need, how much leverage you need. You know what I mean? Well, I know I could have probably put that money into a few properties here. That obviously comes into your head too. Mm. Um, so that's the idea. So my idea is to keep saving on this side as well, you know, and then start pushing that into in in um, in into properties and grow that. And how long do you how how long do you think it's going to take to get to that that goal? We'll call it we'll call it twelve thousand dollars a month. That's kind of what you yeah. said. How long yeah. do you think it's going to take you to get to that goal? Probably about five years, I'm guessing. Really, you That's know, because you just you just don't know. Like, um, obviously, you'd love it to be quicker, you know what I mean. But there's going to be bumps along the way. There's already been a ton of bumps. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing about that. Maybe a bit longer. Could be ten years. You know, as long yeah. as I'm getting some positive cash flow and I kind of replace my own income. Yeah, that's kind of where, I, where I'm going from. Because you know, like, uh, my job is just going like this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. becoming more and more redundant. Which you know, I can get another job, but I am getting older. I did actually try getting another job, and I got knocked back for every job that I applied for. 
because I just don't have any experience. <laughs> too old, too old. Too old, mate. You know, <laughs> just just like like pretty much flip burgers and been a butcher. That's pretty much what what I've done. You know. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, what um, where have you? Where you say you're doing a lot of learning and you're bringing you you're gaining you you know you're trying to educate yourself. Where are you getting information from? What's like? Have you been reading books? How how have you been seeking out the information that you need? Pretty much on the internet, you know, so um, podcasts. So um, pod- I, I just found out about podcasts last year. Nice. You know, and I was like, what the hell is this? You know, I was just like, shit, I, I could do the cleaning and um, listen to stuff that I'm in- interested in. So obviously like, Bigger Pockets for the US yep. is a big one. That's like the biggest social network um, for property investors in the US. Yeah. So much information, like it's just crazy. Yep. Um. Here, I listen to your podcast, listen to Invest Story, yeah. um, reading books. So um, Rich, Rich that pulled out, I read that a long time ago. Yeah. That's just about mindset, really. You know, yeah. it's mainly about the mindset. And like the the mechanics just kind of come as you go, you know what I mean? You learn it, you look, you learn about mechanics pretty easily. It's about getting that positivity going because I've had a lot of issues in the last the last year especially. Um, with work and all that sort of stuff, but I was trying, yeah. just trying to, and all that almost broke me. The situation I've been through in the last year, but um, just trying to keep pushing ahead is the main thing. Yeah, you know, okay, that's so, kind of where I'm at. And so, when you look at now, when you look at your your journey today, what's the biggest challenge? You said you've faced some challenges this year. That I'm assuming that's with work and all of that kind of stuff. But what, what's the biggest challenge you've had to face? In, or like in your, specifically in your property investing journey, what's the biggest hurdle you've had, had to overcome? Is it just well, the mindset piece or? Um, it was like I, went, I actually went too hard, you know what I mean? So I had, I had a budget and the missus said, you know, just stick to your budget and we'll be all right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. But then I went I way over the budget, you know, I went what, all in. On the property in Detroit? Yeah, I went in the properties there. So I, was, I would like to have like a reserve of maybe 60 grand, you know, just in, in, uh, in cash. But I took that out. I'm like, uh, you know, I'll go hard. Then I'll save. I'll save that up pretty, pretty, pretty quickly because we're quite good savers. You know, we can save five yeah. to six thousand dollars a month or whatever. Yeah. Like that'll be fine. And then all the issues with work started happening last, like last year. I'm like, oh shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the main thing. Just uh, going too hard and not having a reserve. You know, that yeah. was pretty much like the the, the biggest the biggest hurdle. So now I'm just like. Just stick to your budget, honestly, and stick to reserve. Yeah, that was probably my my biggest hurdle. Like it wasn't about not getting it done because I know I can get things done. It's yeah. just uh, being uh, uh, just yeah, like a, like looking after yourself first before your goals, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and what would you what would you if you had your time again? What would you what would you have done differently? I probably would have invested in more property in Australia as as I was living. You know, as yeah. I was working in, in Broome, you know what I mean? I probably would have, because I I could have easily, I, I, was say, I was saving down payments for houses probably within six months, you know, or yeah. more. I, I could have had, I don't know, maybe eight by now. Interesting. <laughs> if you know what I mean, that's probably like one of my biggest thing. And I probably wouldn't buy that first property. I probably would have listened to my nana. She said, oh, you know, maybe buy something close to the city. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, which probably would have done better. You know, I could have. Okay, so 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 if you if you had done that, like, where would you like? Where do you, where? Let me ask you this: Where are you thinking about buying now? Like, what's the now that you're going? Okay, I probably should have bought more in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of got the duplex in the US. It's going to produce some cash flow. Happy days, all good. But now you're kind of turning turning your lens back to Australia. What's the kind of like how how will you go about deciding what would make a good investment now? Because you've only got the one in, in Morpha Vale and it hasn't gone that well. So how how would you go about trying to find a property in Australia now? So I'm still obviously um, uh, the US. I'm still looking for properties over there, but I'm obviously want to look here as well. Yeah. So actually, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty keen on um, employing people, say as buyers agents and stuff like that, to help me out with the process. Right. As in, like uh, finding like uh, markets and sub markets. You know, there's probably something I'm I'm not that great at, to be honest. Yeah. Is really doing the, the research on exactly where you know is a is a really well performing. Like I can do. I know how to do research on sort of stuff on areas, but I like to have someone who I can. Uh, soundboard off you know think it's the right. yeah. i think that, i think that's really a buyer's agent is really uh quite imperative you know i mean work like quite is needed i think you know yeah. really so yeah. uh adelaide you know um adelaide's coming up in a bit it's quite surprising you know adelaide's pretty like it's just a stable market just certain places in adelaide you know it's a really it's a really sweet of her perfs probably on, on the upswing next year yeah but yeah i'll probably speak to a buyer's agent and uh, bounce ideas off of them. Yeah. Okay. You know? Cool. I, I don't mind forking out a little bit of money to have someone help you out. You know. Oh, t- I mean, I mean, how would how would how would your life be different now if you'd uh, taken that view back when oh, yeah. you were twenty one? Yeah, it was just, it was just uh, I didn't I didn't know about it. You know, that's yeah. the thing. There was no education on that sort of stuff. I didn't even hear about it. You know, my lens was yeah. like work, 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 work. Yeah. You know, save, okay. Save, save. And so, if you were to if you were to speak to someone uh, that was that that resonated with your story, like I mean, someone maybe someone who's you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, or alternatively, someone who's you know around you know in their early thirties and kind of in a similar position, going, all right, hang on a second, what what am I doing here, and how I'm gonna how am I gonna make make the best of this? What kind of advice would you have to somebody else? What what kind of what guidance would you be able to share to help other people avoid the same mistakes? Um. Probably educate yourself early, you know. As soon as soon as, as, as if you're keen on something like this, to start reading about it, you know. Yeah. One of the big, the one of the biggest things, and obviously don't don't give up. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you could you can make you can stuff up and then keep going. You know what I mean? Like that's probably the like, pro- probably the biggest thing. And just think about reserves because there's something I just never. I, you know, obviously I always I like having money in the bank, but. Have think about your life and how how much it costs you for a year. Maybe have that in reserve or six months, whatever. Depend depending on your on your, your industry. Yeah, you know. That's how do you how, 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 how do you work that out? Like, how do you think about reserves for your properties? How do you think about reserves for your life? So like, I think about my life. I know how much it costs at this given point. It's mm-hmm. about fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, give or take. But um, that's mortgages and stuff like that which the rents pay for the rents pay for the mortgages and stuff like that but i add that still as an expense to me because you 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 never know when that property is going to go vacant you always have to know about that vacancy so like if you're looking at a like a investment property probably your mortgage for six months you know at least and then depending if you you think you don't think you can sort out your own life then maybe your, your lifestyle 
for six months or something like that, mm. you know. So I've lumped it all together. Yeah. And I know that my, my life costs about $5,000. That's living frugally though, you know. Yeah. So let's – yeah, no, no, totally. So let's just say, okay, so you basically said six months of mortgage repayment as a bit of a buffer for your properties and six months of living expenses, right? So you're basically using that. What if – how do you think that might change if you had like, I don't know, let's say 10 properties? Do you think you would try and have six months worth of buffer for each nah. property? Oh, 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 obviously not. I would think like maybe – Maybe ten grand a property, depending on the on where where it's at in maintenance and all that sort of stuff. You have to think about maintenance. You could do it even like in percentages. You yeah. could take out, say, you get your cash flow, and you can take out ten. You can put away ten percent for maintenance, all that sort of stuff over the years. You know. Yeah. Or you know, I, I would think. Uh, so if you if you have like an older property, I'll be putting more onto it. So I probably may have might have ten ten grand a property or five thousand dollars a property. It just depends. I, I'm not at that stage, so I think you know anything that could cover some losses and if you have making positive cash flow from certain properties then you can obviously use that to cover up yeah other properties as well if something goes vacant you know totally so you pointed out something really interesting there you said that your cost of living is around about let's just say 50 60k a year so if you get to five thousand dollars net cash flow a month that's kind of your is that kind of your fi number your financial independence number somewhat yeah yeah i would say so that's like living quite frugally though you know you don't want to obviously be like we live in an okay lifestyle, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah. it's fin- financial. That's like, that's like your first, yeah, that's your fin- first. Uh, financial independence, not financial yeah, obesity. Yeah, right? like so. your first like little knockout, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if I lost my job, oh, okay, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not so terrible. Yeah, yeah, about five thousand bucks, you know. Yeah, maybe even less, you know, if you you you, you could live more frugally if you wanted to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. For <laughs> but five thousand dollars would be a nice round number. Yeah, you know? cool, and it's actually it's actually probably less than that because I don't add in like I, so I add up my positives and my negatives, but I don't really put all the positives into the negatives. If if you know what I mean, I don't, I don't can cancel them all out. Mm, okay. if, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I get it. And so you said at the start you've got um you're you're the oldest of five. Is that right? Yeah. Have any of your other siblings or any of your other family members taken an interest in property as well? Um, not really, eh? To be honest. And what are you doing to try and help to inspire them and to encourage them? So my, my brother's a, a business owner. He owns Born Barber's Barbershop in Glandor in um, Adelaide there. Um, good, he's, plug, good plug, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking whether I could work it in there or not. Eh? Yeah, nice. Um, so he's, he's pretty big. He's a, quite a good entrepreneur in the actual fact of being an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? Like he's quite good at business and all that sort of stuff. He actually did buy a property with um, what his uh, ex-partner. Yeah. And that didn't go, go didn't go so well. Uh, they, had, they had to sell it, I think, at a loss, I'm pretty sure. Where was um, that, you know, out of curiosity? Uh, in Morphe as well. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously uh, I, I speak to them about what you know, I'm kind of doing and stuff like that. It's... It's kind of hard, really, to like really encourage because a lot of them, they've seen me go from through some ups, some ups, some ups, some ups and downs, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, I always just talk about it, you know. Um, talk about like maybe we could do things together and all, all that sort of stuff, you know. what I mean, like uh, about budgets and all that sort of stuff, you know, how they work out their own budgets and so like, Is there any surplus that we could use for that? Yeah. That's kind of like I'm probably one of those boring people that you know, like my mates and all that sort of stuff. All, all I ever talk about is about finances and things like that. So <laughs> I've probably lost heaps of friends because of it. <laughs> do, you, yeah, do, you, do you ever find that challenging socially? I, I, I tend to find one of the common things that I, when I talk to a lot of people that like, there's typically 
a lot, a lot of the time there'll be one kind of member of the friendship circle, uh, typically the person I'm speaking to, that has a real interest in like finance and property and stuff like that. And they, the rest of their mates are just like, dude, what are you talking about? Shut up. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever find that? And how's that, how's that affected your kind of social um, life? I think without, I think without, so generation, I don't know, I'm 32, I'm just, you're probably similar age. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, we're all pretty open to it. I think I feel like a lot of my, my mates, especially from where I've come from, mm. we're all pretty big on trying to push forward and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It's, some people get annoyed with it, I guess, you know what I mean? But um, I think oh, people are pretty, pretty open to it in the circles that I, I know, you know what I mean? Like everyone that I, I grew up with, they're all pretty big on buying buying property and all that sort of stuff. So it awesome. hasn't really been too too much of an issue. It's probably about new people, I guess. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I guess like, oh, yeah, here's Andre again. You know, he's probably going to talk about this again, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are really in, interested. I'm, I know I'm interested to learn what they're, what they're doing, you know what I mean? Like um, especially a lot of mates that do business and all that sort of stuff, which is something I'm not keen on. I'm not keen on starting businesses and stuff like that. I'm more like – invest in something we'll uh, start businesses that have already been done so property that's that that's a business has been done and done and tried and tried you know what i mean so it's got it's got blueprints and stuff like that which are easy to watch yeah. and follow and learn about whereas starting a business is kind of harder i feel yeah no no ab- absolutely so like start starting a business from scratch is, is intense is, you know it is intense it's, <laughs> it's very intense but no no fair enough but it's good that you mentioned now uh, you think about property investing like a business as well that's definitely the best way to be thinking about it so. for sure and i didn't think about it actually that's probably what a good uh a good thing to talk about because i didn't think of it as a business when i first started i didn't i didn't know I didn't know what it was about. You know, I was you know, like, I'd pay it off. That's a little bit of security. You know, and that's all I thought about. I didn't really think of it as, you know, you can put systems in place and yeah, all this sort of stuff. I didn't really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, mm. I think it's one of the bigger mistakes that people make when they start investing is they, they think about it uh, abstractly as houses and they don't think, yeah, that's what I thought. It's just, they don't yeah. think about it as businesses, which you're yeah. buying that are mm. in the, they're in the businesses selling an accommodation solution and whether or not you get the right, business in the right area that meets the right market demands that you know you're gonna, sure. have a, yeah. you're gonna have a successful business or not because i can yeah. tell you if you go and start a if you go and start a, i don't know maybe you start a barber shop in in cooper pd maybe it's not going to go maybe quite. it doesn't so work that's maybe right. it doesn't yeah. work but if you get it in the right place and it's got the right uh, it's the right product market fit then you're going to go pretty well so no that's good cool man sweet well yeah. I've, been, I've, re- I've really enjoyed digging into into a bit of your story and learning i think it's i think it's fascinating that the very first step that you've taken um, after a, a quite a big gap, we'll call it. We'll call it nearly basically a, an eight a year, decade. Nine, yeah, pretty much a ten year gap. <laughs> the first step we took was to invest in the US. But I'm excited yeah. to I'm excited to to hear about you investing back in Australia. I'd love to stay connected and and to see how that journey progresses and check in 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 a, in a little while. How's that sound? For sure, that um that would be sweet. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, Can man. Great. Have you got any final thoughts or final messages you want to share with anybody else before we wrap it up? Nah. I think we're pretty we're pretty sweet awesome cool, i'd just man. like to say thanks to my wife thanks to the family um just for dealing with me i guess you know what i mean and thanks <laughs> thanks uh, to you for having me on it's been pretty sweet yeah absolute pleasure man nice one cool well thanks again for your time and um we'll see you soon we'll catch up soon thanks a lot mate see you later.